This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. And here we are, talking about women in film once again. Wow. Brave of us, honestly. So brave. Mm. Incredible. Just had lunch. We should get awards. Oh, we got one once. Oh, yeah. The Hoo Ha Ha Female Comedy Award yeah. for 2018. Best not for... 2019. When yeah, so it's about damn time we have another one. Hear that word? Yeah, I demand it. <laughs> anyway, so we talk about the representation of women in movies using the Bechdel test as a way to initiate a larger conversation. Jamie, what's the Bechdel test? Oh, I'll tell you. I'm sorry. I was just burping off mic. <laughs> um, I'll tell you. The Bechtel test is a media metric invented by queer cartoonist mm-hmm. Alison Bechtel that requires of a piece of media that there be two female identifying characters who talk to each other about something other than a man. They also need to have names. It is also sometimes called the Bechtel-Wallace test because it was a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. How'd I do? That was incredible. I honestly was just holding on a second burp that whole time. <laughs> and if you could just take it away, I'm going to take care of that. <laughs> sure. So today, I'm back. in anticipation, thank you, thanks for coming <laughs> back, in anticipation of the upcoming live action remake of mm-hmm. Disney's The Lion King, mm-hmm. we are talking about The Lion King. The Lion King. <laughs> they're, oh God, I mean, Disney is evil enough, but the fact that they're making us cover every single one of their fucking movies as a part of their sinister world takeover scheme, I resent it. It's tiring. I am excited to see this movie. I will be seeing it. I haven't seen any of the live action remakes in theaters, but I've this seen them is- all. <laughs> This is the one I'm a loser. They're nice no, because you have AMC stubs. Yes, there. <laughs> but this, this I think is the one that's going to break me because I, I love the Lion King. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shit. 
So let's talk about the one from 94. And here to join us in that conversation, we've got comedian, actor, co-host of Couples Therapy Podcast, and you know her from our When Harry Met Sally episode mm-hmm. and our Black Panther episode. Three-time guest. It's Three-time Naomi Ickparrigan. <laughs> Welcome. So you are making history right now on the Bechdel cast wow. as our first ever three-time guest. However, this is, huge. this is the first time that it's just the three of us all at once talking together. Because yes. the first time, if you recall, for When Harry Met Sally, I wasn't there. Oh, right. Jenny was on present, so yeah. it was just you and I. And, and the Mike's Hard Lemonade you drank in her honor. Mm-hmm. That uh-huh. was course. really nice. I, I feel like that was, was a presence. I felt like I was there. You were <laughs> embodied in that Mike's Hard Lemonade, yes. Uh, yes. And then the second time, Jamie and I were both present, but so was Ify Wadiway yes. talking about Black Panther with all of us. So this so, really is history making yeah. in many ways. This so welcome huge. back. Thanks Thank for being here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. For Disney's first black film, in a way. <laughs> in a way. Well, tell us about your history and relationship with The Lion King. Well, I do recall seeing The Lion King in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. What was that, 94? 94. Mm-hmm. I would have been 10. It would have been 10, prime Perfect Disney age. time. Mm-hmm. I saw it, and I saw it with my cousin, and probably our aunt took us, and I was like, did it come out over the summer? For some reason, it came out in April. Okay, so we saw it together, and I remember my cousin who was, um, she was always like a cool, tough girl, you know? Yeah. And I remember her, she cried during The Lion King. <gasps> and I was like, wow. and she was like, she was somebody, she's like, nay, nay. I'm about to cry. And I was like, <laughs> damn, this movie got us all. Oh, wait, it says June 24th, 1994. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the soundtrack. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> that came out in advance. Yeah. So we could all get crumbed. So we get all. Because <laughs> I swear to God, it was like full of bops. Rewatching it, oh, I was like, what every single great song. Great soundtrack. It is, and it's like all the. Most of the songs are in the first half of the movie, and then mm-hmm. there's not many songs in the second half. This movie, rewatching it back, you're like, there's some weird tone shit going on, <laughs> but I'm here for it. Yeah. There's like, in the final battle scene, it's like, Timon and drag, cut to murder scene, <laughs> cut to Rafiki is a ninja, cut to murder scene. Like, it's so wild. Totally yeah. inconsistent. Yes. Yeah. But I love it. Paced yes. a little funky as well. A bit. Mm-hmm. Pace yeah. a little funky as well. I felt like in, in rewatching, again, obviously at the age 10, I wasn't sitting here being like, wow, these tunnel shifts. But <laughs> it did feel like, it, you know, watching it grown, I was like, really? You've got 30 minutes before it really pops off and then everything mm-hmm. kind of happens real fast. Oh, yeah. And they basically use two musical numbers to mm-hmm. cover the space of like 10 years. Yeah. Well, one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And then they use the other one to cover like romance. Right. Like in the space of one song. You're uh-huh. like, oh, okay, I guess. I guess they're in love now. They're in love now? Okay. They <laughs> definitely know. have sex. That's there is a graphic line sure. fuck scene in the like. <laughs> I like. I remember that so that shot of Nala being like oh, fuck me. Sexy she's as like in the grass and she's like, I was like me. How did they make this lion look like a coquette? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is you can tell this is a male dominated production for many reasons, but the, the lion fuck me eyes is like shit. It's insane. There, that is that is <laughs> I, I mean, I was literally my blown away. Like, I was like, how did they? And I was just like, we got to get an animator on the horn. We got to figure out what that Who's brainstorm. Who's responsible for this? Who's 
well. What's the brainstorming conversation? It's like, how do I convey horniness in this lion's eyes? And then what is the art technique and that I was, creates that sensuality, Jamie? And, and I was like watching the, they released it on DVD at some point with a, a ton of like extra features and some of them are on YouTube. And like the animators really, really studied animals to be able to like animate them. So I'm like, did they get a lion horny? Like, is that based on... Did they watch lions have sex? And they're like, this is actually yeah. not gross. This yeah. is actually really helpful for my like, job. Well, you know they did legit go to Africa. They yeah. like went yeah. to Kenya and yeah. was like, okay, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Let's get boots on the ground. And mm-hmm. I believe part of that was watching animals fuck. And being like, this is productive, guys. Yeah, <laughs> this is actually for art. This is for this art. Is... Adjust the camera. They tell HR they're taking the day off, but they're actually <laughs> going to watch animals have sex. <laughs> What a mess. Uh, okay. Um, so saw it in theaters. Saw it in theaters. Yeah. Yes, at the time. Did you watch it much after that, or was that kind of like the only time? I feel like I must have seen it a couple times after that, mm-hmm. but I that might have been my peak of Disney. You know what I mean? Sure. Like mm-hmm. 10, 11 years old, that's when I'm watching all that stuff. Yeah. And I like them all, and then I kind of age then out. Then you start to age yeah. out, for sure. But, so, that was, so definitely Lion King for me was probably like the peak Disney. Yep. When that drawing was amazing. Yeah, so good. Jamie, what about you? What's your relationship? Oh, man. I love this movie very much. I I might have... Se- I think I was too young to see it in the theaters. I was just one okay, when it came out. So young. There. What? So, so, yeah. Wait, when were you born? I was born in August 92. Okay, I have to go. Um, <laughs> I did not sign up to talk to someone who didn't see Clueless in the theaters originally. <laughs> That's my rule for all human interaction. <laughs> if you did not see Clueless in the theaters, I can't with you. I might, my maybe my mom went and left me on the floor. She did do that. <laughs> she did that a few times when I was a kid. There was like a rated like PG thirteen or R movie, and she'd bring me in and then she'd just be like, "Here you go," and then I would just like sit on the floor and listen. Uh, <laughs> she definitely. I I think it was the wedding planner that I remember sitting on the floor and hearing, but not being able to watch. Uh, but I I mean I've seen this movie. Easily a hundred times. Like we, Ooh. my mom ran a daycare out of our house, yeah. and so there was a VHS in oh, yeah. at all times. And like <laughs> this is a crowd pleaser. You can yeah. shut up a house full of kids by turning on The Lion King. I yeah, I I loved it. We had. I remember between me and my all of my cousins, there were like McDonald's toys and they're like little finger puppets and everyone was allowed to go to McDonald's once a week. And we were trying to like crowdsource the full set and. I don't know. I just oh. love it so much. Yeah. Sing-along tapes. We oh, had like so those. Good. Did anyone have those Disney mm-hmm. sing-along tapes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had all those Disney joints. Loved them. With that little cricket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. And he'd be like, let's sing Lion King again. <laughs> and my mom's like, cool, I'm going to bed. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I love this movie. And and watching it back, what what is interesting to me now is like the production history of this movie. Because it's like, I don't know. It is genuinely hard for me to get excited about these live-action remakes just seeing them but the production aspects and like the stuff that they're updating and the stuff they're not and like that is interesting to mm-hmm. me so like finding out about the history of this a little bit was was cool but man lion king 94 it means the world to me i love it so much same same <laughs> yeah. i was eight when it came out i think i probably saw it in the theater promptly got it on vhs saw it probably 80 times mm. throughout my childhood <laughs> Yeah, love it a whole lot. But this is one of the ones that I haven't seen that recently. It's probably been a good 10 or more years since I watched it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was reminded when rewatching it 
the stampede sequence is so visually just cinematically incredible like the music and the visuals and the animation and just the emotion and oh my it's I'm gonna cry, but it's, it's well, yeah, so, so good. I mean, well, also just like the opening in rewatching, like totally forgot. I was like, oh my god, nobody speaks for about four and a half to five and a it's half a, it's minutes. A while. Yeah, and that first three minutes, like just literally setting the scene. Like Disney was like, we in Africa, bitch. You know what I mean? Like yeah. honestly, how much did Black Panther take from Lion King? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but we were but it was like li- like. They just really take them like, here are all the animals, here are them coming across the plane to this big moment. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it just felt like they took their time with setting the scene in a way that maybe now because we're so used to animated shit and everything is animated all the time now that, like, mm-hmm. you don't need to do that. But it just, if it had the very, like, a, there's a majestic quality, oh, sure. a grandeur. Oh. to it that I felt they really leaned into. It's beautiful. And it feels like one of those, like a movie that like takes a very young audience seriously and they're like, oh, kids will be able to handle this because I feel like they're like, it's animals. Kids like animals. <laughs> but it is. It's like this beautiful grand setup in the animation in this movie uh. for all of the criticisms I'm sure we all have is so beautiful mm-hmm. and like, Oh, I get. I cry at the beginning. Oh, I, I was crying the whole way through when I watched it, it was, by myself. I was. I. Uh. It really. I mean, it's a lot, and like, and the fact that this is like the the movie that basically a whole generation of kids learned about the concept of death from, yeah. or like learned how to rationalize it if they had already experienced it is like, hoof. It's ugh. I can't. I can't think about Mufasa without crying. Oh, it's no. fucked it's up. Like literally, it's fucked up. I was up. like Disney. Y'all. Y'all fucked up. Yeah. That's like, I mean, because they're always like killing a parent. You know what I mean? It's like always like either if not the usually the mom the is already in, dead, right? That's the, either the background is a dead mom or the inciting incident is a dead parent. Yeah, mm-hmm. but something about Mufasa, I, mean, I was like, sick. how dare it's... you? This one I can't allow. This one I can't take. The Shakespearean gravitas. I mean, you know, it's a lot. A true. Don't you love that idea too? They're like, yeah. Why don't we just do like an African animal version of Hamlet? <laughs> like, was that the initial pitch? <laughs> There is oh I can't wait to talk about the development of this movie because Disney is evil always mm-hmm. and so they're they're just they love to steal and mm. not give proper credit but I mean it is like the the elements of Hamlet that this movie uses you're just like why like yeah. why would you do that but it's so good but then we get Rosencrantz and Guildenstern yeah. aka Timon and Pumbaa <laughs> uh, the movie gets so silly in the middle for like 20 minutes yeah, and you're yeah. just like oh this is great we're, we're like we're all of a sudden we're we're in the rainforest we're in a totally different climate it's yeah. unclear yeah. how close the rainforest is to pride rock <laughs> we were joking it might be like a mile away right because i, I think like Simba's dead right they think he's dead right but then but then at the same time nala got to him mm-hmm. so she was doing her regular hunting right and came upon them so it must so, have been i mean have been that yeah most far. what five miles yeah i don't know well, I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll today, it out. that's what we're doing here today. We're figuring it out. Okay, so uh, I'll do the recap uh, of I'm the gonna film. Cry we're all going to cry. Okay, so we are somewhere in Africa. Yes. Where exactly? Unclear. Unspecified. <laughs> um, the African part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learn about the circle of life through a song. And all the visuals that Naomi was describing. We also learn about, what do they call it, when there's a king and a queen? A monarchy? We also learn about monarchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
we see a baby lion cub that has just been born, and that's Simba. Rafiki, who everyone thinks, including the movie, is a baboon, but is actually a mandrill, uh, holds him up to the sky, this baby Simba cub. And the light shines on. And Chosen one imagery is strong. Yes. Right. And, and his parents, Mufasa and Sarabi, are so proud. Then we flash forward to sometime later when Simba is a little bit older. He's a kid now. He's Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's JTT. JTT. 1990s darling. Yes, of course. The darling of the 90s. Mm -hmm. His uncle, Scar, voiced by Jeremy Irons. Giving you high camp. Oh my God. Serving you campy realness. At the Met Gala. (laughs) Truly. Jeremy Um, Irons. We were talking about this where Caitlin and I watched it last night, and we were. I wish that like every animated project had like Bob's Burgers rules where everyone has to be in the room recording together at the same time. Because I just want a video of James Earl Jones and Jeremy Irons yelling at each other. Like, I don't want them in different rooms. I right. want them pawing at each other. So Uncle Scar is mean. He's jealous of Mufasa because Mufasa is king and Scar isn't. He's and, and yeah, Scar is like he's he's slinkier. He's he's, he's also muscular. darker. He's darker. He's the white yes. one. What are we saying? What Confusing. are we doing? Right. One of the There's many. There's a lot of yes. coding yes. happening a with Disney coding. villains, including Scar. Yes. We'll talk about that. Big queer coding combo to be oh had. Oh, for sure. Oh so Mufasa tells his son Simba that he's going Simba. to be king someday. And he tells Simba about their kingdom and he will rule everything but this shadowy area off in the distance. And then Simba finds out from Scar that that place is an elephant graveyard. Where the hyenas live. Where the hyenas live. And then Scar kind of subtly coaxes Simba to go there. So Simba sings a song about how he just can't wait to be king. Such a bop. Yes. Ugh. And that's not so Jonathan good. Taylor Thomas singing. It's the older it's brother black from Smart per- Guy. Yeah, it's a black yeah. person. Yeah. Don't get me started <laughs> on what they do in this movie yeah. with these voices. <laughs> and then Simba and his best friend Nala go to the elephant graveyard, but they are chased by three hyenas who we learn that Scar had sent to kill Simba. Mm -hmm. Mufasa shows up and saves them, and Mufasa's like, Simba, you freaking idiot. You put yourself in danger. You put Nala in danger. Can you do it in a James Earl Jones voice? (laughs) Starting with you freaking idiot. You freaking idiot. (laughs) You freaking idiot. I can't do it. None of us know. None of us have it. That's why he's the only original cast member back, baby. When you got it, you got it. Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy Irons is twirling his mustache in fury somewhere. (laughs) So Simba's all sad because he messed up so bad. And now Scar has to figure out a new plan to get rid of Simba. And he sings what I think is the best song of the movie about being prepared to introduce a third Reich into his <laughs> into the community. 
Big Lenny Riefenstahl vibes during oh, yeah. this scene. Lots also, wait, of... I'm sorry, way too long of a song. Maybe because I don't like Ooh. Scar. I was like, I think you can pull it back, sweetie. Oh, I love it. I just think it should go on longer. Oh my God. I love it. Should last the length of Titanic. Three hours and 14 minutes. Green fog. I love it. (laughs) So he decides to have the hyenas cause a wildebeest stampede, which Simba gets trapped in the middle of and then Mufasa has to go and save him which he does but then as Mufasa is trying to get back to safety Scar sort of launches Mufasa back into the stampede and kills him oh, and then we the worst is the moment cry. when all children learn that life is not fair yeah the yes. most sobering moment of your childhood mm-hmm. is when Scar sinks his fucking claws into Mufasa and he goes uh, long, long live the king, king. and you're like Jeremy Irons, no! <laughs> he throws him off. It's horrible. And then the stampede moves on, and Simba's looking all around, and we we know what's happening. And but Simba finds Mufasa, and then he crawls under oh, his big paw, and, oh, and we paw. are crying. I'm crying. <laughs> it's really sad. And then Scar comes up, and he's like. Simba, if it weren't for you, your father would still be alive. We learn about death and gaslighting, gaslighting back to back. All yeah, at once. truly. It's a lot. <laughs> and he's like, he makes Simba think that Mufasa's death was Simba's fault. And he's like, your mom is going to hate you. Everyone hates you now, so you just should run away and never return. What do you think? Simba's like eight. Yeah. yeah. At this point, like he's, he's like, in, like eight. It was a decade, and, he, and then he like kind of becomes like an eighteen-year-old, right? Yeah. Later. I feel like he comes back with big college freshman energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's like coming back big for Thanksgiving. He's like, I'm a vegan now. I've studied abroad. I took a sociology yeah, class, and I feel ready to teach social psych because it's really illuminating. I was raised by my two gay uncles, and now I'm very cultured. He literally came back after a semester at Ober. Like he's back. <laughs> so, so Simba does run away, and he is found by Timon and Pumbaa, a meerkat and a warthog. Oh, now it gets fun. fun it gets fun. It's really silly for a while. Rewatching s- it is kind of fun because it is. I didn't realize what a major relief it is when Timon and Pumbaa show up, but you're just like an I emotional wreck, yeah. and then you're like, yeah. oh, it's Nathan Lane. We're safe. <laughs> also, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick performing alongside each other in this, and then later in the producers. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I will say. I will say. I have my thoughts about Matthew Broderick in this role. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm not I'm not married to Matthew Broderick in this role at all. No. Yeah. I think it should have been Alfred Molina. <laughs> <laughs> They're brave. Anyway. Brave. <laughs> Thank you so There's much. a few vocal performances that I'm very attached to I mean, in this stand movie. Out. Some standout yeah. vocal work. I mean, really, yeah. Like James Earl Jones and Nathan I mean, Jeremy Lane Irons. and, and Jeremy and Pumba, Irons. Like Jeremy Irons. Black Nala serving. Yes. yes. Black yes. Nala. Ugh, the attitude, the spunk. Give her more dialogue for Maybe, crying out loud. Yeah. Like, was that when I got into JTT? When I saw him love a black woman? Okay. <laughs> looking back. I mean, I did love him, and now I'm looking back. Mm, he was then... fucking rough and tumble with his sister girl. And I am a little attached to Mr. Bean as Zazu, but oh, I think yeah, that yeah. John Oliver is a good stand in for Mr. Bean. Yeah. He's I basically hope. our generation's Mr. Bean. <laughs> Maybe. I 
we'll see what John Oliver does. John Oliver is goofy to me, but it still feels like a restrained goofiness. It is yeah. an erudite goof. Yeah. Like, do you see the goof I'm doing? <laughs> Whereas I think we all know Mr. Bean. I mean, caution to the wind. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. I Bean mean, has no self-respect. He is cha- he's chaos. He's, he's chaos, chaos unleashed. <laughs> really? And the way and he and it comes out in Zazu. <laughs> see, I think Zazu is his most restrained role that he's ever done. So I don't that know. Really funny. I okay. If you had to choose Disney birds, are we going with? Yago, or oh, are we going yeah. with Zazu? Oh, Zazu! Yaga. I don't really. I'm Gilbert Yaga. Godfrey's voice Godfrey. is far too grating, and I'm Yaga. the first one to say that. So you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Caitlin coming through with hot takes Bro, oh, on Gilbert Godfrey's <laughs> voice. I'm Team Yago, and now I'm wondering. I'm like, is that Same. a Shakespearean reference too? Like oh. the I don't know. Anyways. Disney and Shakespeare a lot of overlap. Yeah, mm. it's true. Purpose. It's because they're yeah they're like we're we're yeah. actually a little better than your average cartoon. <laughs> And I'm like, no, you're usually stealing from someone. Well, I was going to say, it's like, it's stuff you can steal, but it's like in the public domain. Do you know what I mean? It's like stuff you can steal from 1500. And anything that they would have to pay for, they're like, coincidence. Sorry. No. I'm like, okay, tell us all the time. Okay, this is just a classic family drama. This is not from you. Yeah. Okay, so um, Timon and Pumbaa tell Simba, hey, don't worry about your past. Takuna Matata means no worries. There's that greatest song. Greatest song slash montage. Mm-hmm. Walk across a damn log, you age 10 years. I mean, brilliant. <laughs> that makes me tear up, too. Oh, that made me. That always makes me tear up a little bit, too. Cause my, I don't know. I think it's because my mom's it- crazy, and she'd be like, that's how I feel about you. <laughs> like, Wait, how does she feel about you? She, then she's like, you're growing up so fast. <laughs> So it's like the log. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my, my mom god! Felt strongly about the log. We had a framed. My my mom was really into like putting framed Disney prints on credit cards, which would later oh. prevent us to go, from going to college. Uh, <laughs> but she was really into purchasing framed Disney prints for a while, and we had a picture of the log in our house. Wow. But, yeah. wow. A lot. Wow. <laughs> well, it's on that log that he turns into the the carefree adult that. He's not concerned with his past anymore, or at least not on a, a conscious level. It's compartmentalized. Yeah, oh, yeah. He needs some serious therapy, that Simba. But mm-hmm. um, he's an adult now. Then Nala shows up. And she's like, oh, my God, Simba, you're alive? Holy shit. Uh, you need to come back to Pride Rock because Scar and the hyenas have taken over and they've ruined everything. She's like, you've been gone 10 years. It's Nazi Germany right. now. Yeah, we thought you were here. dead. There is no water. You're There's out no here water. The bugs. EPA has been dismantled and the environment has been ruined. Pride Rock is Flint. And <laughs> we need you back. Yeah. We need you back, Simba. Not to keep poking the plot holes in there, but it's like Pride Rock doesn't have water. We're to believe it's sort of kind of nearby and Simba's over here with a lake and yeah. it's so and much grub so much food yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot confusing of greenery, a lot of greenery <laughs> maybe that's a weird scar rule of don't go to the very nearby lake <laughs> probably probably and then simba's like i can't go back my feelings hurt too much but i don't know how to talk about them i don't deserve to go back i don't deserve to go back like, he's doing a lot of that yeah. i just think broderick was too old for this sorry and i'm gonna no. really haven't even got I'm, no no, no. I'm still like literally yeah. breaking go it down it. yet i still am like Broderick, uh, you know, we want to think he's so boyish. Mm-hmm. You know, he has that boyish, I think he rode that boyish wave well into his 50s. <laughs> <laughs> like in Lion King, he's probably like 30 something. Yeah, he is. But it's like a little too, I don't know. He is stiff white, you know? And yeah. 
when it comes to vocal, again, you, you got to be coming through with irons, camp, drama, theater. Mm-hmm. And um, it felt like Matthew Broderick was like a little too uptight. So you know? stiff. It's a bit yeah. stiff. Yeah. yeah. So, so was White Nala. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, both of y'all, y'all giving me some like weird, like young and the restless multi K <laughs> moment. And what I need is, I mean, just like the vocal fun of like Nathan Lane and, um, oh, why uh, am I blinking on Pumbaa's er- name? Ernie Sabella. Thank you, Ernie yeah. Sabella. And obviously different characters, like different types of characters. Like obviously the warthog has got to come through with raspy jovialness. Mm-hmm. Yes. But a little something. Yeah. You're only 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and especially uh, adult, I mean, Nala in general, I mean, the, uh, the voice yeah. changes is infuriating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then also, like, she has so few lines yes. at all that it's like, you know, you got to hire a vocal performer who can, like, deliver, like, yeah, make del- a lot. Deliver the seven lines you give her in the second right. half of like the movie. damn meal of it. Crying <laughs> <laughs> yep. out loud. So Nala's trying to convince him to return. He's like, no, but then Rafiki shows back up and imparts some wisdom about how Simba needs to face his past and how Mufasa is alive inside of him. And then ghost Mufasa shows up in the sky. Okay, Black Panther. And he's like, right? That, yeah. And Kemba the White Lion. Oh, gosh. So Simba's like, oh, shit, I, I should oh, go shit. back home. <laughs> I'm on spring break, so I'll, I'll go back. And then he returns to Pride Rock, and Nala, Timon, and Pumbaa also follow him. And Scar is like, oh Simba you're alive that's weird and then Sarabi's like oh my god you're alive Simba and everyone you know has varying reactions to him being there and then Simba challenges Scar in a I wrote down Game of Thrones (laughs) (laughs) ever heard of it (laughs) Scar is like oh by the way I'm the one who killed Mufasa and Simba's like no and then they fight and he throws Scar over a cliff and then the hyenas eat him. But no, but remember though, it's like literally first Simba comes back tentative and Scar was like, you killed your father. Tell everybody. And they're like, yeah. you did Simba? And then two seconds later, Scar's like, I killed your father. Right. And then Simba pushes him back and is like, tell him what you told me just now in my yeah. ear. And he's like, I killed him. And they're like, Scar. Scar. And like, it's like literally how fast it unravels. It is so fast. It's insane. And then, and then like in the middle of that, Timon and Pumbaa show up and they're goofing off. Yeah. And you're just like, this is, this is a mess. It's like a very messy high school fight of like, tell them what you just said. And then he's like, I didn't say anything. And then you're, like, and then you're like, oh, and then the two like clowns are over here like <laughs> they're, they're, I, I love when Timon's like what do you want me to get in drag and do the hula cut to him and drag doing the hula <laughs> and then back to the brutal game of thrones that's yeah. also going on he's like on. are you aching for some bacon <laughs> yep, yep, and yep. then <laughs> smash cut to Simba punching Scar in the face <laughs> you could be a big pig too <laughs> Okay. (laughs) So then Scar has been defeated, and then we flash forward to Pride Rock is nice again. The EPA has been reinstated. They finally cleaned the water and plants. Yes. They remembered (laughs) about the lake. (laughs) Simba's like, it's literally right over there. there. (laughs) Nala knows where it is. I don't know. She didn't tell you guys. (laughs) And Nala had gotten pregnant uh, with a little baby lion cub who Rafiki lifts into the sky just like Simba had been in the beginning because it's the circle of life and then we learn in the second one that it's his daughter 
Yeah. Kiara. Mm-hmm. I never I've, watched the I second one. Like I've seen I've seen the second one. It's <laughs> it's that one's basically Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's his daughter Simba's daughter Kiara. Cute. Yes. Uh we've got to go to a quick break, but then we will come right back. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. I mean, where to begin? Oh, where so to begin? What if we already started talking about that we can just pick up on? <laughs> we could talk about the caucasity. Sure. Pre- yes. Presence. Yes. Let's do it. Well, because it is funny, like watching it, like as a kid, like to me, it was black. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, we did get our first princess. And I was like, oh, I know why I don't remember her because they made her Moira Kelly later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, because it was like the voice of James Earl Jones and just like, it's just interesting, you know, because like this whole idea of like sound, talking white or talking black or sounding whatever, you mm-hmm. know, there's by no means a hard and fast rule. You know, I definitely grew up being told I talked white for forever. And now most of my stand up is just fucking toggling back and forth between voices for the fun of it <laughs> and like code switching whenever I need to. But mm-hmm. it is just interesting how this was a this was a movie to me where it was like, oh, that's a black person. Mm-hmm. That's a white person. And like knowing that in my ear, even as a little kid, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? I just very interested in the whole like why would they not cast a black actress to be Nala? Because I will say, Sarabi is coming through with this regal realness in her cocoa vocals. Mm-hmm. Give me Ma- another black woman. Madge Sinclair is mm-hmm. the voice actor that voices Sarabi. Unfortunately, also has seven lines total. Right. Yes. But but makes a meal of it. Mm-hmm. She's giving you phrase. something. You're just, you yeah. know what I mean? Like a little something. And I just thought that was like very. Um, I don't know, just interesting, like, some of those choices. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You need, I mean, Jeremy Irons, perfection. Sure. Jonathan Taylor yeah. Thomas, what other star of that time would do it? But it was just mm-hmm. so funny how I was like, yeah, that's Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and when he's singing, it's Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Not literally <laughs> Michael, but how it would just be that sound, right. and you're just like, right. like, um, I think we know what had happened here. <laughs> it was it's, just so interesting. 
Yeah, the voice of young Simba, uh, Jason Weaver, who I remembered as the older brother on Smart Guy. Oh, that's uh, the singing voice, right? The singing yeah. voice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, so, yeah, white actor for the speaking voice, black actor for the singing voice. Shouldn't they have just cast black voice actors for every role in this movie? Well, Maybe. I know, right? That's kind of, I know. But then at the same time, right, they're animals. And so who are we to ascribe race to animals? But mm. when you start with James Earl Jones, everybody else got to rise to that occasion. <laughs> that's a tricky, like, that's a tricky thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's like the patriarch. Mm. Right. And he's giving you that gravitas. Right. Because it's kind of split down the middle in terms of casting, mm-hmm. uh, where you've got voice actors who are people of color. We've got Mufasa, Sarabi. Young Nala, Rafiki, Shenzi, and Bonsai. So you've got like James Earl Jones, Madison Clare. What was his name? Robert. Guillaume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, Whoopi Goldberg and Cheech Marin as two of the hyenas. Mm -hmm. And then Nikita Kalame Harris is Young Nala. And then the white voice actors, Young Simba, JTT. We've got Adult Simba, Matthew Broderick. We've got Adult Nala. What's her name? Moira. Moira Kelly. Kelly. Scars, Jeremy Irons, as we've discussed. Zazu is Rowan Atkinson. Timon and Pumbaa are Nathan Lane and the Arnie name Sabella. that I also forget. Yeah. And then uh, Jim Jim Cummings is Ed, the the other the the, the laughingest <laughs> hyena. <laughs> the, the, let's yes, the laughingest hyena. Uh, part of the issue with this movie and with most Disney movies that are trying to portray another culture even if it even if the intentions are earnest is everyone in a major production role in this movie is a white person mm-hmm. and so it's like it doesn't seem like anyone was considering it yeah because to me also I, look it is animation you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i one of the things i love and keep trying to break my ass into voiceover is because i don't have to deal with the same assumptions of what i am allowed to play because of my face right mm-hmm. so i'm not necessarily for me it's like no nah, you, you could give me you know some cross-cultural moments I just took issue with the switching of vocals yeah, on people sure. in both like the, and that, that's a different, there's a difference too between like, obviously Matthew Broderick isn't singing his parts. That's apparently the lead singer of Toto, I think, who that, sings it, Matthew oh, Broderick. It's also, it's also John Williams' son. Oh, uh, oh wait. So maybe it's oh, not wow. the guy from there, Wouldn't it be funny, though, if it was, and that's what inspired him to to <laughs> sing Africa? Joseph, no, it is. He's, uh, yeah, Joseph Stanley Williams fronted, uh, fronted for the lead of the rock band Toto and... Uh, son of John Williams? Son of, yeah, son of wow. John Williams. Ooh. Who knew? Wild wow, connection. Wow. <laughs> um, but, yeah. so I get, like, you know, the actor can't sing necessarily. Sure. But it's just like... So jarring to go from like squeaky Jonathan Taylor Thomas to like Motown moments. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just such a shift. And the thing I've never really understood now, maybe more than ever, it's about famous people. And certainly if you're doing this live action thing, but to me, the whole point of voiceover is like, let the voice actors get a job. Mm. Yeah. I don't need, it's like, yeah. it's like right here, Fred Savage talk about Nissan and shit. It's like, <laughs> ain't you got some money? What you taking all this stuff for? We don't like the fact that you need that star power for like even a cartoon. Right. I say you get like a couple recognizable names maybe for like the poster or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and maybe the girl who was young Nala was too young to age up. But then you just right, find like an older, like an adult. Right. Woman. There were, uh, were plenty to choose cast from. Right. Woman. <laughs> or, and you could just tell, like you just knew, her. I, I don't know, I just hear, that's a little black girl having fun. Like I, you know that voice and then you, uh, and then you like, I was like, right. what do you do with? It just is, it just seems like no thought was given to it. And it's, ugh, it's, 
frustrating. Luckily, the live action remake seems to have course corrected a lot of this. Yes, but if you look at the production team, it is still Still, majority white production team, white Mm. director, white, like it's, that's the thing that frustrates me about a lot of like, it's, it is like progress. But if you like behind the camera, representation is still so low and you don't see it. And so no one really Well, of course. And then also every, if you notice too, the black people in the movie are the super blacks. Not an actual phrase, of course, <laughs> but this idea usually that like, because you notice this a lot, like people will allow a black musician who has reached a certain level of fame mm-hmm. to cross over into acting because mm-hmm. like, well, okay, I already know that black person, so you can put them over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's harder for anybody to just kind of crop up out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's Beyonce. Right. Come to fuck on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you picked the best. Yeah. Black woman. <laughs> around right now you know what I mean like, like, like just Donald Glover also like a multi-hyphenate like yeah. if they were gonna mm-hmm. put black people in it had to be the like big splashy names and not that obviously like they'll be good I'm not saying any of these people lack the ability to do this work right but it is still that feeling that like you're that not giving all... like a newer performer a chance or just or... like you're not thinking outside the box mm-hmm. you're like like it was just kind of like, who's the biggest black person we can get for this thing? Yeah. Okay, well, can we get her? Can we get her? Okay, good. Okay, now we're done. Okay, now we're done. Okay, now Beyonce, just Beyonce into the microphone. Right. Just Beyonce and, into the microphone. We'll hit record. And then and then it's like you can have John Favreau direct it and people aren't going to like raise an act. Like that, it really does bother me when, when it's, there's like a lot of effort put into representation in one area specifically. And then the rest is sort of like, well, we can keep status quo over here. Yeah. And that's true in anime. I mean, that's true in a lot of animation. Yeah. Like it's, and which is. White boys uh, having fun. Oh, it's horrible. (laughs) White boys stealing ideas. Um, Oh yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I have been, I, so this is like, I vaguely knew about this, but then I did a deep dive on it. There's a YouTube channel I watch called Yesterworld. It is very long video essays about Disney themed topics and I am ashamed. Uh, But he does great work. Anyways, they're basically like short docs but the Lion King, uh, part of its like claim to fame is being Disney's first quote unquote original story that isn't a direct adaptation of something else. So they're like, there's mm. elements of Moses and Joseph, there's elements of Hamlet, but it's an original story. It's our first, like the first Disney Renaissance movie that isn't a direct, like old European story being adapted, right? Yeah. And that doesn't seem necessarily true. Uh, it bears a lot of resemblance to an anime series that started as a comic book series called Kimbo the White oh, Lion yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, in Japan by a very famous Japanese um, animator named Osamu Tezuka. And I'm not, or Tezuka. It's, it's the most frustrating story in the world to unpack because it's just like peak Disney where it's like if you can admit that you were taking elements from this story and pay the people who right. created it, no harm, no foul, all good. Because Tezuka's whole, um, he's a f- like super famous Japanese animator. He invented Astro Boy and mm-hmm. Kimba the White Lion, like two huge... Kimba. Kimba. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like Simba. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly <laughs> like Simba. Oh, Lord. Uh, and Tezuka idolized Disney, was constantly citing Bambi as the reason that he wanted to become an animator, like got to meet Disney once and was it, it just was like very effusive about Disney how much... Disney was like, I hate brown people. There, <laughs> yes. And, but I mean, it's, I, I mean, I don't know what their their relationship was, but, uh, you know, D- Disney's not a good person. Uh, 
But Tezuka makes Kimba the White Lion. It is a big deal in Japan. His name is Leo the Lion in Japan, but it's not in America because the MGM lion's name is Leo. So they changed it to Kimba. Mm -hmm. So he's known as Kimba the White Lion in America. Some people, like, it's not a super popular thing in America, but it is popular enough that people know. Uh, the mo- good Kimba, question. Yeah. It was the 60s? The oh, okay. 60s is when the around. character was invented. Or the 50s was comic books, and then there were movies in the 60s. Yeah, he was like a well-established Okay, so yeah, it had been a long time. Right. And so there uh, is a lot of speculation that is well-founded that The Lion King rips off a lot of elements of Kimba the White Lion. Most of them are visual, but basically the the issue with it is that here's this uh, famous Japanese animator who absolutely loved Disney, his company was willing to mm-hmm. play ball and like lend the rights because they're like, oh, you know, yeah, and he pa- he passed away by the time this movie came out. But he's like, oh, yeah, Tezuka would have loved that Disney wanted to use his characters. But Disney firmly denied that what they had done had anything to do with Kimba the lion. Their lion Simba had nothing to do with Kimba. Kimba. There's a number of like things you can watch online of side-by-side shots. Oh god. The fight between Scar and Simba is identical. Yeah. Oh god. The the dead dad in the sky scene is identical. The stampede with the bird hovering above saying don't worry help is coming is identical. Like visually in wow. addition to story beats the dead father beat is there. The stories aren't exactly Exactly one for one the same. There's literally a farting warthog in Kimba the White. No, Line. it's ridiculous. <laughs> that like, is so fucked up. Yeah. It is, and Disney already has such a horrible history of stealing from other cultures and never crediting and mm-hmm. being like, "Our idea, we did it." And this is like a particularly egregious because when the movie came out, Tezuka's company was like, "Hey, this bears a lot of resemblance to our IP. We weren't paid for it, but Tezuka would have liked." That, like they were still yeah. really nice about it and Disney responded by issuing a cease and desist to the company and saying like keep our name out of your god. fucking mouth oh my god it has nothing to do with what you did and fuck off oh, so it's Disney. just Disney are we surprised they're now like trying to start no. a fucking empire yeah. right now they're, where they're, no one will be allowed to watch anything that does not have their logo on it they're mm. evil like they're and a lot of animators anonymously came forward because the wrath of Disney you can't but okay. a lot of animators anonymously came forward and were like no we definitely knew about Kimba the White wow. Lion it was talked about in meetings all the time the Lion King started as a Kimba project but then Tezuka passed away and we had already started concept art so we sort of just kept a lot of it and like it's well documented Matthew Broderick has said in interviews that he was telling everyone he was going to be the voice of Kimba because he was familiar with Kimba and he was told he was going to be the voice of Kimba and they're like actually it's Simba never mentioned Tezuka again (laughs) and and Disney still to this day has not copped to it but they basically stole a lot of visual inspiration and like story beats. In addition to the Hamlet stuff that they will admit to, they stole a lot from this very famous Japanese animator. Disney is Scar. <sighs> basically. I mean? Disney is a gaslighting liar, but also <laughs> yes. not even good at their treachery. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Like they have power, but like they don't, they're not like you couldn't even make that shit not look alike. You just listed 
six direct scenes. You changed that are like one letter. You changed one letter's damn <laughs> name. Because that was the thing with Scar too. It was like, okay, bitch, you gaslit a child. Yeah. You ain't that clever. And then <laughs> you got in charge, and then nobody had water. You ain't even good at being in charge. Why did you want to be in charge so right. bad? You just sit in your cave with a bird in a rib cage. Why <laughs> did you want to be in charge so bad? You're not good at any of the things. Mm-hmm. He couldn't even keep the secret of I killed your father. Right. It's like for two, well, seconds. For two seconds. It's like, wait till he's dead. And he was like, gotta whisper in his ear. <laughs> it's like it's like Disney's like not even good at faking shit. Uh, Stealing shit. There's also hyenas and a Rafiki character in Kimba. Oh it's my god. The, the, okay, the one thing that this just makes me laugh. The one thing that was included in Kimba the White Lion that it is actually very good that Disney did not steal because it's scary <laughs> is Kimba the White Lion's dad also dies in the movie but instead of really devastating under the paw scene what kimba the white lion does is keeps his dad's hide and uses it as a disguise at multiple points in the oh movie my God. and does not let other people know that the king is dead he just sneaks under his dad's corpse <laughs> and is like hello everybody and he buffalo bills his father <laughs> He weakens at Bernie. So um those are fun scenes to watch on YouTube wow. too, because you're like, yikes. <laughs> this is very dark. Um okay, so that's my that's my Thank tirade. You. Thank you for sharing all that. We've gotta take welcome. another quick break, but then we'll come right back for more discussion. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. All right, so we've covered the, you know, intellectual property theft from Disney. We've covered the upsetting casting choices. Uh, let's talk about the female characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like they haven't come up yet with good reason. With good reason because they are nearly inconsequential to the story. Did you by any chance count how many lines they have? Because I literally feel like it has to be between the 
does Whoopi have a gender as a hyena? Because I didn't think oh. so. I don't know if we ever That's like hear question. pronouns. Right. So I was right. like, okay, so I'm not counting Whoopi. So I'm literally just counting Nala and Sarabi. Right. Okay. I swear to you, they must say less than 20 lines between the two of them the whole movie. Oh, ease. I yeah. think that that is like generous. Cause most, yeah. Especially because most of Nala's interaction is in a music montage where she fucks. And right. she doesn't speak Right, she doesn't the- say anything, right? So it's like just them <laughs> frolicking around. We're just like hearing around. like her internal monologue. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, okay, it's like, why can't he be the king I want him to be? And then she's like, mm, I'm ready. And it was just like, <laughs> fuck me, stop. It was just like, what? Because I loved, because initially I was like, oh, I was like, I, I forgot where she's like, you're going to be married. And she's like, ew, gross. And I was like, okay, I'm into yeah, this. Okay. But totally so romance subplot is Zazu being like, yeah, you guys are betrothed. And they're like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're going to be married. And they're like, gross, we're friends. And then the, and then Simba disappears from her life for, for a decade. a decade. She thought he was dead. Yeah. She thought he was but, dead. But I do think it is important that like, her life is more defined by him than his his life is defined by her because seeing him again means the world to her right. because he equals no more Nazis in addition yeah. to fucking. Right. Like, the hope for her future hinges on this boy. Yeah, whereas sadly. he's just like, oh, sup. Like, it's- <laughs> he's like, oh my God, so good to see you. What have you been up to? And she's right. like, I thought you were dead. Right. <laughs> it's like, like if I ran 30. into my neighbor, Brendan O'Connell, who I used to have a crush on, and like, oh my God, Brendan, this whole horrible guy named Trump is in office and you like have to get him out and he's like what's up he's like I'm really busy right now I don't insects for the past 10 years I know how did he get so jacked eating grubs (laughs) I think they're high in protein he's got a full body he's he's uh, he's dined on meat he's he's thick thick. he's swole he's I'm interested in uh, Teen Simba. We only see him on the log, but for a moment. But he has a mohawk He's, yeah, of lion yeah. fur. I'm like, that is styled. Yeah. Who was doing his that? His rebellious face. Yeah. Right. That was it. it. But then here's a question, too. Did you, do you feel like Timon and Pumbaa were his parents? I feel like at best they were like big brothers. Like, I don't think anyone was like raising him yeah. or teaching him how to behave. I felt uncle vibes from them. I always felt like a, an, an uncle vibe of like, yeah, you're taken care of. They're they're technically like your caretakers, but they're not like making sure you're learning things. Right. <laughs> like They're not teaching you much. Like literally their whole life philosophy is don't care. Yeah. So what really can they be teaching him? Right. And yet... In the montage of Akuna Matata, he learns everything he needs to know about life and is ready to go back to <laughs> resume the throne. Uh, right. It is. And then we learn in that, and I never, this never really registered for me, but the, in that scene where they're all looking at the stars, Timon, Pumbaa, and Simba, you learn that Simba has never told them anything about his background. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, he So they know very little about him. They're, they've just kind of been feeding him bugs. Maybe they're, I'm like, I want to know what they were, well, you have to see Lion King one and a half, which is a classic. Well, one and well. a half. <gasps> Lion King one and a half is is I think of the two direct to video Lion Kings the superior. It's just literally what Timon and Pumbaa were doing during all the parts of the Lion King that they're not in. No, it's really funny. It's like oh my god, and it's Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella, like Matthew Broderick. The whole cast came back for this 2004 direct to video. It's really what? good. <laughs> Really I haven't good. seen that one either. It's classic. That's amazing. Yeah. And I like that they called it half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
I thought it was going to be like a 20 minute video, like a 20 minute <laughs> clip I have. For some reason. <laughs> Full movie, VHS. For some reason, they made it a feature. I'm, I'm, I kind of miss direct-to-video. Sh- I guess like there are some Netflix projects that are comparable to direct-to-video shit mm-hmm. too, where you're just like, what is, who is this for? Yeah. It's like, it's so much work for who? But <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we've got Simba who is like, emotionally repressed we've got nala coming back here's here's what really drives me nuts about this storyline is that nala comes back and she's like simba you've been gone all this time our homeland has been deteriorating we're living under this nazi regime please come back and help us you're our only hope Mm -hmm. and he's just like no thanks and then a male character shows up, Rafiki, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, Simba, you should really like look inside yourself and then consider going back. And he's like, you're right. A man told me I should do that, so I'm going to. But wait, to. but I, I thought it's because the man showed him his daddy in the sky. Yes. Right. The magic man. He right. was a magic man. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like Rafiki, and he does know Rafiki. Uh, Rafiki did the whole uh, hold him on the rock when well, he was he, a baby. But he doesn't and- remember that. I don't think he knows Rafiki, actually, when he shows back up. Right, because he's like, I knew your father. Oh, okay. Right, because he's like, who are you? And he's like, my father's dead. Sorry to break it to you, dude. (laughs) Like, So he doesn't recognize him at all. I know what you mean, though. But I think it's also like, I could have used a scene of all the lady lions, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. trying to overthrow Scar in some capacity and failing. Do you know what I mean? Like, just a pop of what was going on back home. Right. Yeah. How they tried to fight back and couldn't do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that would, that would like help just logistically help offset some of the tone stuff too, because you don't know what's going on until you're seeing dystopia right before Simba gets back. Right, and it would be, and it's like you get that one shot of Sarabi like holding her head high as she's like walking through this like hyena hell den, and mm-hmm. you you can sort like you get an idea of like she's been through. A, a lot she's like retaining her dignity through this but this is a night but it's like yeah you could use especially because we see nala's mom for one line Mm -hmm. uh right or as she's cleaning her child exactly (laughs) licking your child's ass and that's literally all we see of her yeah that would that would have been good for everyone too because it's because you are sort of like how did Scar pull this off he's so out well he's so outnumbered right that brings me to some some science facts Ooh. that I have. So we yes. We talked to Katie Golden. She is the host of Creature Feature Podcast mm-hmm. right here on the network. Uh, and she knows a lot about animals. And she told us a thing or two about how lion behavior actually works in nature versus how it's depicted in the lion king bring it so she says female lions make up the core of a pride which we see in the movie um males come and go prides are often thought to only contain one male and like a harem of females but that's not always totally accurate only savo lion prides contain a single male adult most other subspecies of lions have prides in which there are up to four males, typically brothers, and typically one dominant male is allowed to mate uh, with several females, and then they all produce cubs. So in The Lion mm-hmm. King, Nala and Simba would be related because mm-hmm. Mufasa would be both of their dads. Yes. Because we see only one, we see Mufasa, and then we see 
Scar, who we assume isn't, he's an incel. He is not he's, getting fucked. I was, we were, yes, major incel. <laughs> like, he lives in a basement. Right. Literally. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but then all the other adult lions are females. So Mufasa's so, fucking everyone? So Mufasa's fucking, okay. so there's that. Well, uh, now that sexy time in the fucking jungle is <laughs> really uh, creeping me uh, out. Yep. Um, Fuck me, brother. <laughs> In, in real life, in nature, this kind of inbreeding is usually avoided by dispersal. So the male lions will move away from the pride that they were born in and seek a new pride or a new territory. Um, so Simba returning to Pride Rock wouldn't have happened in right. nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dominant alpha male in a pride will eventually be ousted by a younger, fitter male or Triggering. several males. <laughs> A swoller male lion (laughs) um, who will take a tenure at the pride. So the son of like the alpha male lion would not be the one to take over. He would instead go off and find his own pride. So that's How do you, big like, join thing a number pride? one. I couldn't even like go to someone's table at lunch. <laughs> right. Could you imagine? Just literally being like, can I be part of your pride? The confidence. confidence. Yeah. The confidence it takes to just be like, hey, uh, can I join your pride? Also, I'm in charge. Yes. Yeah. Also, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. <laughs> big all about event energy to that move. Um, so in terms of female and male lions, it's hard to say kind of who's in charge as both females and males have specific roles in their community um, because females rear the cubs, they do the majority of hunting um, and they help enforce the social structure while males defend their territory from other males. They assist in hunting a little bit and they are usually either ousted or they disperse to other prides. Um, But typically prides are thought of as a matriarchal society um, because the uh, permanent social structure is maintained by the females whereas the presence of any one individual male is generally temporary this is what we were just talking about in the narrative females in nature in real life will gang up on an intruder male who attempts to take control of a pride Uh. so if scar tried to take control of the mating or in this movie he tries to become king what he would do try to kill all the existing cubs so the females would try to prevent this by fighting him off and because scar is super scrawny mm-hmm. uh they probably would have won and yes. killed him yeah because like what does scar have he just has some hyenas and is it just the th- right. i can't remember like he has obviously the three main ones in there they're more than that but i was there's like there's a whole army yeah there's a whole army of hyenas. i was like it's but in actual nature the lions wouldn't be afraid of a hyena no so that's almost like well, here's some more. The number. Okay. Oh, there's I have more. some more facts. More Katie, hashtag science facts. coming through. Yes, everyone listen to Creature Feature. Hyenas would never work with lions. She says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a whistleblower. Uh, lions eat hyena cubs and steal their kills. While sometimes hyenas will steal a lion kill, but hyenas are also matriarchal and they're actually more nepotistic than lions. So in the Lion King. If Mufasa, Simba, and Scar were female hyenas, this would all actually become more accurate uh, narratively. <laughs> I sort of don't understand what I just read, but maybe that I trust, makes sense. I trust yes. Katie. I mean, it sounded right. I, okay. I was like, science facts. So, so mistakes were made yes. uh, <laughs> to avoid scenes with too many women in them. <laughs> right. There, I mean, yeah, that would be such a... Ugh. 
That would be such a better scene. And just to get to know a female character well enough. But again, it's just like, if you look at the lineup of people who made this movie, it totally tracks that they would have no concern about like, why isn't Nala doing more? Does right. Nala do anything that has consequence besides get pregnant? Does Sarabi I mean, do? Like, well, I mean, right, because she has the agency and she's active enough to go looking for help. And in so doing, she finds... Simba. Yes. But her attempt to convince him to return doesn't work. And exactly. it's not until Rafiki's like, hey, you better go back that Simba's like, okay, so she had could have never showed up and it really wouldn't have made a difference. Right. Well, and right. if you even go back, uh, when, when they were kids, Nala is following Simba to go to the elephant graveyard. It's not her idea. She doesn't have a lot of agency there. And then she just sort of is like hanging out while Simba's <laughs> being a fucking brat. And is like, I'm going to own everything. And he's she's so like, entitled okay. as a kid. God, yeah. fucking like rich kids and their entitlement. <laughs> a nightmare. Uh, but she is able to every time they kind of like play fight she always pins him so yeah, I guess yeah, she's yeah. that stronger she's him. She and then she, she's a good hunter but like, then she does adult. it later and mm-hmm. it's horny and that, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's how he knows that oh you're you're Nala the girl who always used to pin me well because it was <gasps> but also like right before like, she like licks his face a little yeah and you're like, like Nala okay. making a first move that's oh, true wow. she does initiate does she surprise kiss him though I don't know a surprise lick I don't know it counts how to lions consent? We don't know. <laughs> um. I mean, considering he had like never interacted with a, a female lion in like a yeah. decade, you know what I mean? Right. He was really he's like what he was like very stunned. No, but um. it would have been a great des- great to see like a scene with like Nala and Sarabi like teaming up to try to be like let's overthrow Scar, yeah, like sure. let's do something, or even here. a conversation about again like the death of her husband and son. So yeah, Robbie yeah. went through a lot. Right. And we do yeah. not address that. over that. Yeah, and like even when Simba comes again, it only lasts two seconds, but when she thinks, you know, when Scar is like, he he's the reason why Mufasa's dead. Mm-hmm. What she says, she goes, like, Simba? Or like, is that true? You know, like, it's just, she like has that, but I'm yeah. like, we should have had Sarabi faint at some point, fall out and get it back together. <laughs> she should have been the one to find him in the damn jungle. She was like, I've left. I have nothing to live way, for. And yeah. have been on a walkabout. Or it's <laughs> like, know? we see a, a, the scene where like Scar comes back after just having gaslit Simba and been like, hey, Sarabi, Mufasa's dead, Simba's dead, sorry. And then right. and then we can see the aftermath of, like, mm-hmm. Sarabi and then, like, Nala finding out that her best friend is right. presumably dead. And then, like, them trying to cope with that grief. And, yeah, exactly. And, and, like... Or just, like, what is the... Because like, you said, like, you see for a second, you see, like, Pride Rock is, like, black and cracked. Mm-hmm. It's already a desert, so you're like, well... But yeah. then you see it looking worse. But to see a moment, like, well, what does life look like for the rest of the Pride... But what is actually going on right. down below? Are they for doing everybody? like a pussy march, like a pussy hat <laughs> march, like a women's march? <laughs> yeah, like what are they doing? And especially like I don't. Yeah. That's like a question. I'm just kind of like, wait, what? What's going on with them? And you we know? can see that there's a a lot of like lioness. Like when you see that shot of Scar being in charge, I'm like, there there's there are enough women to stage an uprising. Yeah, they're, to they're, literally rip him to shreds. Oh gosh! <sighs> but no, the, women to stage an uprising. The, I imagine, Especially because the the in real life female lions are the more proficient hunters, mm. which at least males. we see with Nala at one right. point. But like you would think they would have been able to like 
take out Scar and probably most of the hyenas. Like, yeah. they would have been able to rip what's, them to shreds. What's the point of going to Kenya to get the answers if you're not going to use them? Right. <sighs> Disney? Disney producers and writers? Failure of vision. <laughs> Failure of vision. There, this is like literally if we were like waiting around to be rescued by an 18-year-old boy. Like, it just <laughs> doesn't make any logical sense. Right. We could, we could just take someone down ourselves yeah i it's just too the, busy laughing at farts there <laughs> you know but yeah i mean like the really the only two female characters we get here they exist in relation to the men around them pretty explicitly and yeah. the fact that simba and nala start out as friends it would have been nice to see them just stay as friends the fact that like they wedge a yeah. romantic storyline in there doesn't need to happen yeah, yeah. i feel like it could have just she could have been used as like the moment of like the friend that finally gets him to admit like him thinking he killed his dad and then Nala could have been the one to be like, Scar was lying to you. Right. That don't mm-hmm. even make no sense, Simba. Yeah. Look did, back. How, yes. Look back. That don't make no <laughs> sense, Simba. Again, I mean, if that had been a black woman <laughs> as grown as Nala, she uh, would have been like, Simba, get it together. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, nothing nothing really adds up. <laughs> it uh, simply does not. And so I'm curious if any of this will sort of be kind of course corrected in this remake because Disney seems to be attempting to do this with these live action remakes. For example, not to brag, but I did see (laughs) Aladdin 2019 in the theater. Okay, I hope you can get that as a tax write-off. I mean, (laughs) oh yes, I'll be writing that off. I used my AMC A-list stubs and it was actually free. Yeah, (laughs) I'm stubs, but not A-list. Oh, wow. Okay, well, sometimes you just gotta upgrade. (laughs) Anyway, um, are you telling me to that movie. upgrade you like the Beyonce song? Oh. Who plays Nala? Go ahead, Aladdin. <laughs> You're trying to tell me something. So in this live action Aladdin, there seems to be an attempt to make Jasmine a more meaningful and fleshed out character. She's given like political aspirations that she does not have in the animated mm-hmm. film from 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also given a couple extra songs. So we learn a little bit more about her character and her perspective. So... There's an attempt to flesh out female characters more, it but seems. there's still lions yes. in this. Yeah. So I, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Like, you can use that as a cover. Right. I mean, but, there's, but they're anthropomorphized as people, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think that's any excuse. I think they can still, like, give female characters mm-hmm. agency. We can learn more about their personalities, their backstories, like, all that stuff. Again, yeah, I mean, that's, like, the test of, like, that's the only thing that, the, most of the only value I, I, I see in these cash grab movies is, like, can you improve upon the material by adapting it well and like can you you know like make the like diverse choices you should have in the first movie Mm -hmm. can you like fix shady character shit or like confusing like why is this person motivated why don't we see this female character for an hour like Mm -hmm. stuff like that like you could have that scene with Sarabi and Nala's mom and all the lionesses Mm -hmm. in the new one and that would be like a cool adaptation change sure I don't know yeah What's Seth Rogen playing? He's Pumbaa. Pumbaa. He's Pumbaa. <laughs> I <Yeah>. object. <laughs> and Billy Eichner's tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got Billy. We've got some updates, including Amy Sedaris plays a character whose name is Elephant Shrew. We seem to have added a few, what I'm guessing are male characters, who's like Eric Andre plays a character named Azizi, who I 
Don't what I think, I is, think is they changed the names of the hyenas. That was what oh, I maybe. thought. Oh, maybe. Because well, Shenzi is, the, is uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character in the 94 animated one. And that remains. But I don't see, I think his name was like Bonsai in the animated one. So maybe oh, that's that ZZ now. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, yeah. Who does he play? Oh, no. He plays Kamari. Who's that? Who's Kamari? I don't know. Okay, it's a whole new world. Okay, yeah, I mean, we I'm can't excited. even compare. Another adaptation change that it is rumored the movie is making that I think transitions well into another thing we need to talk about is the song Be Prepared is allegedly not going to be in the new movie. Oh. Um, it is like the one major song from the original that, uh, as far as I can find, has been Caitlin. cut. That's Caitlin. the best song. Caitlin, that's the one you want to last three hours and 14 yeah. minutes. <laughs> will be zero minutes. I'm so sorry. And there's, and I think that like that is a very interesting like of this moment kind of choice to make. There's a Slate article written by uh, Aisha Harris about this creative decision. It was written last year, so it's possible that maybe they just didn't announce it, but they released the track list really early, and Be Prepared is not on there. And it is interesting because that scene, there's a bunch of whatever. You can go into the clickbait universe and find the side-by-side comparisons of like Lenny Riefenstahl uh, movies of Nazi soldiers. And a lot of the shots are very deliberately identical. And the hyenas marching and, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole bit, like it is pulled directly from this like very famous German World War II propaganda movie, which in 1994, uh, I guess, was a creative decision that wasn't very controversial. But now that and 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 Aisha Harris argues in this article, she thinks it's a bad choice to cut this number yeah. and kind of Disney well, hedging now, their I mean, bets. Now, I mean. Nazis are out. We exactly. Might as well. We might as well give them a number. But she she kind of makes the argument, and I agree with what she's saying, is that Disney is so, like, wanting to please everyone that in 94 saying, like, Nazis are bad was not as hot a take as it is in fucking 2019. <laughs> and so that that is most likely the reason why the song was cut. The reason huh. that they gave was, like, the, the uh, I, I don't know the name of the actor who's playing Scar now. Nazis uh, ain't gonna come to see some black people oh, it's, be lions um, in Africa anyway. I don't know. You might as well. I think I'll pr- mispronounce it, but uh, Chiwetel? So the argument used was that he's not a singer by trade, and Jeremy Irons was a singer, so they can't have it. But clearly, Disney does, pulls this shit all the time. Exactly. Like, if the actor can't sing, you hire another actor. You like, hire a black boy. Uh, but they they cut this they cut the the song and yeah I think that that's kind of a uh, it's first of all my one of my favorite songs in the movie but also it's just like if a Disney movie can give some anti Nazi messaging <laughs> now would be a great now time for it very time. appropriate but uh, yeah speaking of Scar should we talk about the queer coding yes. of this and all Disney well, films I was gonna say do you know that James Adomian bit. James yes. Adomian, a very funny comedian oh, yeah, who him. talks. Um, he has a he had a very wonderful bit a uh, few years back, but I think it might still be in rotation. Mm. About yeah, pretty much. I mean, what you're gonna say? Like how like all Disney villains are gay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's oh, yeah. Every we'll we'll link that in the description because it's like <laughs> one of my favorite James Adomian bits ever. Uh, yes, I mean Scar is one of the more notorious uh, queer coded villains. Where mm-hmm. of course you know coding it's never explicitly stated, but through the way the characters speaks moves etc mm-hmm. other coded queer disney villains include ursula mm-hmm. uh Jafar. Include 
Sure. Jafar. And include ooh, where else who else have we got? Radigan. Radigan. From uh, uh, the villain from Great Mouse Detective. The the, the uh, <laughs> Governor Radcliffe from uh, yeah. uh, Pocahontas. Pocahontas. There's mm-hmm. m- I mean, most Disney Renaissance movies follow this exact formula and have a, a queer coded villain, which you know, it's like it conflates queerness with evil. There's uh, a lot of uh, reclaiming that the queer community has done of the Disney villains. Yeah. And if you go to like, they have Disney villain nights at <laughs> Disneyland. And I had a friend in Boston who would travel in a pack of 10 gay men would fly to Florida <laughs> to go to Disney villain. Like, there's a lot of reclaiming yeah. that's taking place. But it is. I mean, it, it's, you know, a mostly straight group of writers, creators, animators um, right. demonizing queer people. And since these movies are intended for children, yeah, children get the wrong messages yeah. about queer people, even if they don't realize what's happening. Their brains are interpreting it, we talked about this a lot on the Aladdin episode, so I recommend revisiting that if yeah. you want more. And then another thing that this and other Disney movies do is that they, the way they're designed is that they tend to be darker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where all the lions except for Scar are like beige, yellowy, yeah. tan. Honey colored. Right. Yep. And then Scar has much darker fur, a much darker mane. This also happens again with Radigan. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, honestly, Great Mouse Detective might be my favorite Disney movie. Uh, it also happens with Ursula. It was Ursula because yeah. she's purple, and, and canoni- everyone else is white. And canonically, like they don't do, they don't fuck with this in the in the Disney movie. But canonically, she's supposed to be King Triton's sister. Right? Uh, oh, is she? Yeah, maybe half sister. Yeah, but who knows? Either way, like that is fully yeah. at play in that movie as well. Yeah. So yeah. This and is- also she's it's all black. She's mm-hmm. rotund, which mm-hmm. is supposed to be bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everything, right? Uh, with o- Ursula, the, right? The 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 heroes in Disney movies are animated and designed to be traditionally attractive by Western beauty standards. They're they're thin, they're white or light skinned or furred. Yeah. Uh, they are young and pretty and and all this stuff and and straight, while the villains, especially from this kind of specific era and then even before that were made to look darker they were queer coded they had different body shapes and Mm -hmm. sizes and just yeah all just demonizing anything that isn't yeah right yeah uh, and and again, it, this is like a, because there has been a, a process of reclaiming these characters over time. It is like a complicated issue. To there is a, another uh, piece that I read in uh, Into that argues because it does seem like uh, an adaptation choice is that they're doing away with the queer coding for Scar. And this this author argues that that is sort of erasure of the only visibly queer character in the movie, and mm. they're making him a straight villain. Which means that there's no queer characters, and it's I mean it's but make Simba gay, ha- but, make but Simba Scar gay. doesn't have sexuality. No, but to have him not play those stereotypes in a nefarious way, right? Right, like that's good erasure to me. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, I think agree. there should be representation of queer characters certainly in Disney and all movies. Every movie right. should be more queer. But again, uh, so I'm saying like an adaptation, you can find another character to have some visibility to. It doesn't even have to be Scar, but right. like it's almost like whenever Disney tries to do it, it's so 
corny and disingenuous like with fucking LeFou in Beauty and the Beast Mm -hmm. where he's seen like dancing with another man and they're like we did it we did it it. visibility win and it's just like no make yeah make like Timon have a meerkat husband Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and then like th- them be like or really just happy let together. Or just be married. <laughs> just Some interspecies like, love. That would be That's so funny. I they are. are. I mean, they are like literally life partners. They're like put li- them in Boca together. <laughs> exactly. They're in Boca. They've got a. They've got a condo. <laughs> They're common law. Yeah, that's their yeah. Life. Obviously, like <laughs> they are not a meerkat and a warthog aren't just like. They didn't just fall together. They no. found each other. Yeah, I think you know that. that I, mean? ex- I think it's explained in Lion King one and a half. How they first met and fell in love. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the queer coding debate is is a complicated one. And I mean, I don't envy the writer who's in the position of deciding what stays and what goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there it is. Right. Scar is a heavily queer coded villain. For sure. Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? I think that the last thing I had was the Elton John of it all. I was going to ask you that when we're talking about this kind of queerness and characters and, you know, of course, to me, I can't even think about Lion King now without thinking about the Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that being so linked. So please, Jamie, what I'm saying is I'm ready. Oh, I guess I well, I just wanted to, I guess, get everyone's opinions because I don't even know how I, I mean, I know how I feel generally, but this so the Elton John uh, being the composer and then Tim Rice does the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, Elton John is a queer artist, but they're both white guys who, who do. And, and there's, you know, well documented, like they did a lot of research into African music. They hired some African musicians to sing, but they still are the people getting the main credits and getting the Oscars and getting Mm -hmm. the majority uh, for paying tribute to a lot of the musical tradition, but it's still ultimately two white guys who are getting the credit for it. I don't know. It's very Paul Simon's Graceland. Yes. You know what I mean? We could have just put Graceland under Lion King and it would (laughs) have totally worked. Yeah. Um, Well, white people like working with other white people. Do you know what I mean? Like if Disney's going to pick, they're like, Who's, a, who's someone we know? Okay, I don't want to feel uncomfortable today. I don't want to have to worry about saying the wrong word. Just give me a white Call person. Elton John. Someone where I don't, I don't, I just don't want to be scared. You know what right. I mean? Or like, I don't want to have to engage in whatever the it could possibly be. You know what I mean? Like, whatever yeah. it could possibly be. Which is who knows? But I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a fucking brilliant musician too, though. He's so great. I mean, I saw Rocket Man. <laughs> oh, okay. I saw, I Another write off. <laughs> Another write off. I loved Rocket Man. Did you? I loved I didn't it. see it, but I did, yeah. I don't like biopics really. I'm a Taron Egerton that. stan, though. I you, like him. I yeah. think he's like a cutie patootie. Oh, yeah. If only for I did see all the Ta- both Kingsmen. <laughs> if if only for Taron Egerton's thighs, you got to see Rocket Man. Really? Are they on really? display? The whole time, like he's wearing, he's wearing shorts for a lot of the movie, and you're just like, uh, like I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I just want to be closer to them <laughs> than I am oh, wait, right now. I say so? All right, so can you feel the love tonight? Great song, very mm-hmm. sexy. Uh-huh. I, Timon and Pumbaa's parts of that song are basically about how a man entering into a relationship with a woman will ruin your life. Yeah, <laughs> because women are the old ball and chain, like. <laughs> They're just like, your carefree bachelor life is going to be fucked up if you go off with Nala. The lyrics, the song closes with, in short, uh, I'm not going to say it, (laughs) is doomed. And then they burst into tears. So the thought of like their single male line friend, like getting a girlfriend 
ruins them. I love it. <laughs> but also, you have to realize, it has been a decade of a codependent dynamic. Yeah. Right? It's That's literally been true. just the three of them hunting up grubs. And you're like, yeah, I get why this is hard for you both. Sure. You know what I mean? They haven't made a friend. I really you know view them. Simba. I almost view them as empty nesters in that song. <laughs> where it's like when you're when if your parents are still somehow together when you when you leave the nest, right? And they're like, oh, now we have to just like talk to each other again. That was so telling, Jamie. If your parents they're are still, still somehow <laughs> together when you leave the nest, they're, I was like, personal backstory. <laughs> Which I should let's unpack that. Let's <laughs> unpack it. Um, but yeah, just like they're they're gonna just hang out together again. Yeah, there's so quick to go back to pri- like put themselves in harm's way when they're like no our f- the third friend well of course they want to go to pride rock that's true because of their queer pride because they're queer <laughs> it's, it's all symbolism 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 i'm leaving title. i'm leaving um I'm honestly excited to see the new movie. I am so, like, whatever on reboot culture, but I am excited to see it. I don't really need to see lions. (laughs) If they remade it with people, I'd be interested. But for some reason, I'm not here for, like, like, I saw the animatronic lion, and it was, like, like, movies where it's, like, cool technology. Yeah. I don't feel like that's, like, that for me does not draw me into a movie, usually. Well, what originally made me, when it looked like it may be a shot-for-shot remake, I was fully out. But Mm. I'm, like, at least they're making some changes. It's Because I'm more attached to Lion King than any of the re-releases that have come out so far. But Miles was showing me upstairs some of the early, like, Beyonce say it as adult Nala and it looks like a YouTube dub of like CGI lions with a celebrity like it yeah, that's it like what I'm not real. getting yeah that's like yeah. what I mean and then it's like again the things we can do like what I love about old Disney is that like people drew that shit yeah yeah now it's like you got 10 computer programs you know obviously I know there's some computer involved especially in the stampede scene and some of the bigger scenes you guys do not come for me I said <laughs> it it was all fucking hand drawn but what I am saying is you see the artist hand at work. And you can like see a, like it's just even like in just there's no uncanny valley in like the expressions that the animals have where I, I'm worried that it'll be uncanny valley city with this new Lion King. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I want it to be yeah, good. I don't like uncanny valley. The only person I, like I feel should be able to direct motion capture movies is Andy Serkis. And if you <laughs> I am a big Andy Serkis stan. Yes. If you haven't seen his Jungle Book movie that's on Netflix because it got pushed to Netflix because Disney mm. pushed up the release of their yep. shittier Lion King Classic directed by John Favreau yeah. and uh, Johnny so, Favs. So you know Andy Serkis, he's Gollum. He understands mocap yeah. and he can make it look amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is the entire Planet of the Apes. It's yeah. just like let him right. handle this and let's just. Let's move, move on. on. Also, this Lion King remake is a half hour longer than <gasps> no! the original. Yes. So to everyone, I feel like the big, the more money they spend the movie, the longer they think it needs to be. Right. If that makes any like, sense. No, you know what I mean? Like, don't like, make a kids movie two hours long. Yeah. I was like watching it. I was like, oh, it's like an hour twenty nine minutes or something. The original. And I was yeah. Like, there perfect. It is. There it is. And even then, I felt the first thirty minutes was too long. <laughs> I was like, get to it. I will. Last thing I'll say is that Pumbaa, when they're all talking about what they think stars are, 
Pumbaa says that he thinks they are giant balls of gas burning billions of miles away. Mm-hmm. Pumbaa is a warthog in STEM. He knows. <laughs> he knows. Pumbaa knows. Uh, Pumbaa. Okay. Does well, this movie pass the Bechdel test? No. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there is a very quick exchange in the very beginning. <laughs> Where no, Nala's mom, so Simba's she's like credited with a name. She's credited with a name, but we don't know it. But yeah. Simba's like, "Hey, Nala, let's go to the watering hole." And then Nala's mom's like, "All right, I'll let you go. What do you think, Sarabi?" And then Sarabi says something like, "Yeah, I guess it's okay." But we, yeah, we never learn Nala's mom's name, and also the context of the conversation is, "Can Nala go with a boy <laughs> to the watering hole?" And then they lied, and they're going to the elephant graveyard. <sighs> yeah. So I think super that's... Super doesn't pass a vectal test. <laughs> yeah. There so should have been a scene between, like, either young yeah. Nala and Sarabi, like, after they learn about Mufasa and Simba's death, and or Nala as an adult with Sarabi talking about, like, hey, let's kill Scar. We can right. do this. Or, like, I'm going to go try to find help. Here's my plan for us. Yeah. If you don't hear from me in two sundowns, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's a no on the Bechdel test. Yeah. Let's rate the movie. Zero to five nipples. Based on its portrayal of women. Yikes. Mm. Gang. It's not too good. Sorry to say. The women are strong. Yes. Though they don't do much with that strength. They don't. Yeah. yeah, They they don't get to really do anything. Half a nip. Yeah, I think it's yeah. somewhere around there. I feel I'm feeling half a nip. Just too bad because the potential for better use of the female characters—they're there. They're physically there. Yeah. Well, what about they're the there. sequel where it's a daughter? The daughter, Do you I remember it all. I don't remember it enough in detail. I know a lot of <laughs> the story revolves around a forbidden romance with oh, the Romeo lion. Okay, of course. Because yes, yes, yes. if there's a girl character, there's got to be a boy character who she wants to kiss. I also, mean, and Kiara, I, I don't know. There, she may have many wonderful qualities that escape me. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> um, Katie Golden has something to say about Lion King 2. Also, Ooh. she says, I have more beef with Lion King 2. In this movie, Kovu, Scar's son. Oh, so Scar did? Wait, when did Scar fuck. get a son? I don't know. Okay, well. Or he was like part of Scar's ten. He had 10 years to fuck. He lost <laughs> his virginity. <laughs> Kovu teaches Kiara, which is Simba's daughter, to hunt, which is ridiculous because females are the more proficient and more frequent hunters, although males do hunt some. So yeah, that's that's what Katie had to say. So thank you very much once again. Thanks, Katie. For all of that. And um, listen to Creature Feature for yes. for more uh more animal. And also couples therapy. Yes. yes. And also couples <laughs> If we're plugging podcasts, there. I'm going to pipe the fuck up. Oh of course. So yeah, I, I think like yeah, half a nip for me. Half a nip. Um, Kick it back to young Nala. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, plug your stuff. Naomi, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks, friends. You know, Couples Therapy is a podcast on the same network as Bechtelcast. Mm-hmm. So you should be able to find it. Drop every Tuesday. We have comics doing sets together about their relationship. Kaylin and Jamie were on a recent episode. Oh, yeah. Still reading their friend fan fiction. <laughs> so you can start there if you need something familiar. Uh-huh. And then work your way out. Yes. That's the best. 
Uh, you can follow us at Bechtelcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've got our Patreon, aka Matreon, which is $5 a month and gets you two bonus episodes every single month. Mm. This month in July, we've got America July, which includes American Pie and, and American Psycho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so tune in for all that piping hot content. Oh, yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, and then you can check out our Tee Public store for all of our merch and so forth. And uh, we are going to be in London mm-hmm. on September 1st doing two shows, uh, Brave and The Favorite. And I will... Oh, I thought you were saying we were brave exactly. for doing two shows. Exactly, I thought you were saying you were brave. I was... <laughs> we're going to London, brave. brave. <laughs> <laughs> so close to Brexit, very brave. Uh, <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, if, if you live in the UK, come to that show. Yes. Yes, please. Yes. More details for that are on our website, Bechtelcast.com. And that's where you can find other information about other upcoming live shows, including individual ones that yes. both I and Jamie are doing. Come to Edinburgh Fringe. Yes. yes. And uh, other than that, I think we just, just should all remember about the circle of life. How it moves us all. I love how, yeah, the uh, the like opening sequence of this movie is like memento mori, kids. Really? You will one day mm. die. <laughs> you're like oh, a sick. lot of hard truths in Lion King. Uh, a lot of hard truths. Love it. Well, you're go- you're all gonna die someday. So we all are. Thanks for blowing one of your last hours on the, <laughs> the Bechdel cast. I- <laughs> okay. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs> If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.